All right, good evening once again. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. I appreciate the opportunity uh, to be here and report on uh, the great things that the Lord has done in Mexico, and that is to your credit. You've prayed for us, and you've uh, supported us financially now for many years, and the fruit that we have, that we've experienced in Mexico, is also to your account, and I appreciate that. I thank the, the pastor for his notes of encouragement over the years as well, and, and uh, 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 it, not just to puff the pastor up, but I appreciate also that he keeps uh, the missionaries accountable. Not, uh, not too many pastors do that either, and uh, I'm glad that I'm on the, the same team. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, please. I want to start in verse 35, and for the sake of English speakers, I'll try to remain preaching in English, all right? If something Spanish comes out, I'm sorry. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the resurrection and the life. Thank you that there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thank you for the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel, the power of God, and salvation to everyone that believeth. Lord, thank you for this good church, good pastor. Thank you for their, their love and their support over the years. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here tonight and, and to expound your word. Please help us, Lord, to pray for missionaries and to pray effectively. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. I'm glad that Jesus is interested in meeting needs. He says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But then the Bible says in verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. For a little bit of context here, think back with me about 2,000 years ago. At that time, uh, history tells us that there was about 200 million people. 200 million people. When Jesus said that the harvest truly is plenteous, he was speaking about a harvest of 200 million souls. But the law of the harvest, he says, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Think of the law of the harvest. If the law of the harvest indicates that the laborers are few for 200 million people 2,000 years ago, how much more so today with 7.7, 7.8 billion we could say tonight 8 billion souls on this earth. The harvest truly is plenteous, and the laborers are even fewer. There's a th statistic now that says that one out of three independent Baptist missionaries come home from the field after their first term and then go back for their second term to the field. I don't know if that's the case but God help us if it is. I do know this. Where we, at, where we are at in Mexico, in Saltillo, Mexico, about an hour west of Monterey, when I got there in 2007, there was close to 20 
independent Baptist missionaries. I got a phone call last November. He said, Brother Chris, we're leaving Mexico. We're leaving Saltillo. He was the second to last missionary in Saltillo. I'm now the last. When I got there, the city was about 700,000. Now it's over a million. The harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. I was in the army for four years, and when I was discharged out of the army, I worked production. I worked for uh, a large company, Northrop Grumman, and I made a, a missile, the Hellfire missile. Uh, they would fire that Hellfire missile from a Predator drone. And then when that contract finished, I worked at, on a, at a, a different company working production as well, building a command and control shelter that controlled the Predator drone. I enjoyed working production. I'm, I'm a goal-oriented person. I'm a task-oriented person. If you say, Chris, go over there and do whatever needs to be done, I'll probably just sit there and just look. I need a list. I need something to do specific. So I enjoyed production. Uh, and one thing I noticed about production when I learned about production is that when production increases, the demand for labor increases. The workers have to work harder, they work longer hours, and if that isn't sufficient, they hire more people. If our missile production went up, we hired more people because we couldn't keep up. And if it went down, people got laid off. Same thing with the, the command and control shelter. When production was increased, we had to work harder, we had to work longer, we had to put in overtime, and they hired more people. I submit to you tonight that the law of the harvest, let's compare that with production. 2,000 years ago, production was 200 million people. The laborers were few. And now 2,000 years later, with close to 8 billion people, production has dramatically, exponentially increased. Where are the laborers? Let me challenge you tonight. We're not making production. We're losing. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So here's the answer in, in verse 38. He says, Jesus says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And we know the, the other law of the harvest is one day the harvest is past. One day we won't be able to Look on the fields white on the harvest. They'll already be gone. Another sad statistic tonight is that they say that close to two people go off into eternity every second that passes by. Every five seconds, ten people. Every 30 seconds, 60 people. I can't imagine the sadness in God's heart thinking of the untold thousands that go off into eternity that have never received Jesus because the laborers are few. And why are the laborers few? Jesus tells us, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, and he will send forth laborers into the harvest. We ought to pray for missionaries. We ought to pray that God sends missionaries, but also pastors, evangelists, men of God, Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. I want to take a little bit of a different angle on this tonight. As we pray that God sends laborers, yes, we need laborers here. 
and in South Florida. We need laborers all over the United States. We need, we need, we need laborers all over the country, all over the world. We need to pray that God sends them here and abroad. But we must pray continually for those laborers once they get to the field. Let me give you tonight several prayer requests from the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, if you will, was a man of God. Missionary, pastor, evangelist, author, 13, 14 books of the New Testament. A man truly used of God in the propagation of the gospel. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25, Brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. I see that as the Apostle Paul, whom I'm not even worthy to tie up his shoes, as saying, I have a need. I have a need. And he says, please pray for us. So we're going to look at, uh, just momentarily, some prayer requests that the Apostle Paul gave us. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, please. I in no way, by any means, am comparing myself to the Apostle Paul. But I do know this. If the Apostle Paul, being the man of God that he was, our example as church planting missionaries, if he mentioned that he had a need, how much more do I have that need? In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul speaking, he says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Withal praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may, be, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Number one, how to pray effectively for your missionaries. Yes, we ought to pray that God calls missionaries, that he sends missionaries to the harvest, but we also need to uh, continue in prayer for those same missionaries. This is a little bit more complicated than Lord be with the missionaries, Lord use the missionaries, Lord bless the missionaries, Lord provide for the missionaries or protect or fill the missionaries. Those are valid prayers. I do not want to uh, uh, diminish the need for those specific prayers, but May I ask tonight that we pray specifically for these needs that the Apostle Paul gives us. And num the first one, number one, is that the missionary has an open door. The Apostle Paul was very accustomed to this. He would pray about an area, he would be burdened about an area, and sometimes the Holy Spirit would tell him, no, no. And he was forbidden, the Bible says, forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go to certain areas. But in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, Paul said that there was a, a great and effectual door opened unto him. So pray that your missionary has an open door. Paul received the Macedonian call, right? That was an area such as Corinth in Macedonia. Pray that your missionary has an open door. What is that exactly? Well, pr pray that he has ministry opportunities. We need open doors with individuals that we come into contact with. It's not just easy sometimes to speak to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have an open door, an avenue of approach. We, we, we're going to beat them over the head with the gospel anyway. But we need to pray that God gives us the open door, the green light to do it. 
as soon as possible. Ministry opportunities such as hospitals, jails, bus routes, mission churches, individuals, groups, opportunities to share the gospel. Pray that your missionary doesn't slam his face into a closed door. How difficult is it when a missionary wants to go somewhere and he gets no liberty? So pray that your missionary has an open door, ministry opportunities. Number two, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. An open door. In this chapter, we have the armor of God described for us. And prayer is mentioned. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He says here uh, to pray that he has courage, boldness. Nine times in the book of Acts, the apostles prayed for boldness. Boldness, courage, in spite of the consequences, in spite of their own personal fears. Courage. Pray that your missionary has courage. He has an open door, but pray that he doesn't stare at it like a cap at a new gate. Pray that he has an open door and that he has the courage to go through that door. Sometimes that door for the missionary is not opened up all the way. Maybe just cracked a little bit. And he needs to step forward boldly. Pray that he has courage. Courage in telling the truth in love. Courage in teaching and preaching and living, keeping the truth. And courage in pleasing the Lord first as his first priority, his main priority. As Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So pray that your missionary has an open door and pray that he has courage to go through that door. The Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight because if it was all by sight, we'd still stumble around. Pray that he has courage. Number three. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. You say, Brother Chris, you're going pretty fast. Well, I'm not a long preacher. I'm pretty short. You can laugh at that. I won't get mad. You tell me ball jokes, I'll get mad. <laughs> I have heard every short joke you could ever imagine. I have probably, I've only been bald for about 10 years, so I probably haven't heard all the bald jokes but I've heard a good, a good number of them. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul again, he says, pray for an open door, pray for courage. And number 3, he says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Pray that now that he's through that door, pray that he has liberty, that the word of God has free course, that he's able to preach with liberty and, and see the word of God be multiplied into the amongst of his people that he's ministering to. Pray that the word of God has free course. Uh, the Bible tells us that the, the word will not return unto him, Jesus, God, void. But I do know this. Can I be honest, transparent with you tonight? As a preacher, as a missionary, sometimes it's difficult to see that fruit. Sometimes 
the word of God doesn't come back right away. So pray that the word of God has free course. Pray that he doesn't get discouraged. Pray that he doesn't get stopped up. The word of God is many times compared to water. We've been washed in the water of the word. Pray that that water doesn't get stopped up. What happens to water when it gets stopped up? As a teenager, we, I lived in, in rural Ohio, middle of cornfields, and uh, close by there was a, a, a reservoir that they had made. The government had, had dammed up a, a little creek and had made a, a small lake, and I would go fishing on that lake. And one summer there was a drought, and the, the creek that fed the, the lake dried up, and the water did not reach the spillway, so it didn't drain. It just sat there. In layman's terms, it stagnated. What happened, that water that was no longer flowing, was no longer oxygenated, died. The fish died. Everything died. It began to stink. Same thing happens with a, with a dish rag. If you leave that, that water in the dish rag, even if it's soapy water, it'll stink. It'll rot, rancid. Pray that the word of God doesn't get stopped up in the life of the missionary. Pray that he's able to progress, that the word of God has free course, liberty, that he doesn't get stopped up in his devotions, but that the word of God is real and vibrant to him. He's being transparent tonight. Pray that he doesn't get burned out preaching and teaching. Pray that the, the Bible, the Word of God, has free course. Number four, he says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, in verse two, for all men have not faith. They say that the, the worst wounds that a man of God will experience are not from the world, they're not from the devil, but from his own. Pray that he's protected. So number one, you pray that he's got an open door. Ministry opportunities. Pray that he has courage to walk through that door or run through that door. Pray that once he gets through the door, he has liberty. The word of God has free course. And then pray that he's protected. Protected personally, protected in his family, protected in his ministry, and protected in, in everything that he does in his respective field. He's dealing with corrupt law, corrupt military. Uh, he's dealing with corrupt officials, politicians, and sometimes corrupt Christians. Pray that he's protected. Pray that he's protected spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. Why are we seeing so many missionaries come home? Many times it's because of that. They've lost their protection, their spiritual protection. The Apostle Paul, I'm not sure that he was talking about physical. He was pretty accustomed to getting whooped. He was talking about spiritual protection. The wiles of the devil. Pray that he's protected. Turn with me to Romans chapter 15. Verse 30. 
we see a twofold example of his request for prayer for protection here in Romans 15, verse 30, 31. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. That's the unbelievers. That's the world. And that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. What's the Apostle Paul saying? He says, I need you to pray for me for protection from the world and for grace with the believers. Pretty powerful. Protection. Our next prayer request, number five, is found in verse 32. He says, That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. I'm not a Greek scholar. Pastor Keeley, if you know Greek, God bless you. I'm not a Greek scholar. I, I think I can name one Greek word, and that's the word for more than conqueror, and that is hupernikeo, because I heard somebody else preach it, and I'd just like to say hupernikeo. That, that's my Greek knowledge right there. But, admittedly, I don't know Greek. But, I'm pretty sure, somewhere in verse 32, there's got to be a Greek word for vacation somewhere. Between joy God and refreshed, something in there has got to indicate vacation. Pray that your missionary has an open door. Pray that he has courage to get through that door. Pray that he has free course, liberty. The word of God is fruitful and abounding, vibrant in his ministry. Pray that he's protected and pray in the midst of all of that that he gets some rest, that he gets some rest, that his wife gets some rest, that his children get some rest. Yes, the missionaries' kids are on display. They're on display here in the States, and they're on display in Mexico. You ask my daughter Ashley, you say, Ashley, are you American or are you Mexican? She was born, of course, in Mexico. Ashley will tell you, I'm not. You say, what are you? And she'll tell you, I'm a Christian. She came up with that all by herself. Pray for your missionaries. Pray for your pastor. You need some rest every now and then. Turn with me just very briefly to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And again, I want to reinstate this. I am not the Apostle Paul, nor do I even deem to compare myself with him. But I see some attributes in his life and some needs in his life that are comparable to church planning missionaries. And he says here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 26, it says, In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. I thank God that he's used us to start two churches. We have a great group of people. The, the people in our first work are helping us to start our second and our consecutive works. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that we're not all by ourselves anymore, that we are able to delegate and, 
and allow our people to grow in the Lord and, and develop their own uh, abilities and talents and gifts uh, in, in their own local church. I enjoy that. But let me add this. It does get difficult. As your ministry grows, your, your cares grow. The ministry is people. They taught us that at Bible college. The ministry is people. If you can't handle people, get out of the ministry. Let me submit to you tonight that after your missionary gets through that open door, as he's seeing the, the, word, of God, the word of God multiply, as he's experienced the abundant protection of the Lord, pray that he's able to slow down every now and then and take a break. Why are we seeing so many missionaries come off of the field? The, this, this thing called burnout, it's, it's beyond commonplace now. Pray that your missionary gets some rest. Jesus took rest alone and with his disciples. I, I think it's important. I, I, I preach to our people, take some rest. Take a day off. Take a weekend off. Go somewhere with your family. God took a day off. Now, we didn't create the universe, so maybe not a whole day, but take some time. Take some time, whatever the Lord gives you liberty for, and pray for your missionary that he gets some time off, whether it's a day or two days or even a week out of the year. Pray that he has some time off. And lastly, Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. If you disagree with me about the Apostle Paul being the author of Hebrews, that's perfectly fine. We'll see each other in heaven, and we'll be in agreement. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 18. This is probably the most transparent prayer request that I can think of out of all of this, out of all of this list. Your missionary is but a man. And susceptible to all types of sin and wickedness. Pray for your missionary that he maintains a pure conscience. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 18, the Bible tells us, Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. Pray that your missionary maintains a pure conscience. His thought life, his feelings, his motives, his purposes. When he goes out, when he comes back, his habits, his pastimes, his entertainment, and his friendships. He must maintain purity. And again, why are we seeing so many come? home from the field, never to return. Pray that your missionary maintains a pure conscience. There's nobody on top of him. He's been taught, trained, ordained, and sent by his pastor, by his local church, and by God himself. There's nobody there on top of him. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you going soul winning? What you watching on TV? Pray that your missionary maintains a pure conscience. Doing the right thing, the right way, the right time, the right place with the right people for the right reasons. That's purity of conscience.
pray for your missionary, that he has an open door, that he has courage, that the word of God has free course, that he's protected, that he gets some rest every now and then, and pray that he has a pure conscience. Him, his wife, his family, and his ministry. The effective prayer for the missionary costs a little bit more time than, Lord, bless all the missionaries. But it's much more effective. If you don't have much time, pray, Lord, bless the missionaries, because we want his blessing. But if you've got a couple extra moments, pray one of these prayer requests for your missionaries. One or two, or if you have enough time, all six. Let's pray together tonight. Father, please bless, encourage, and work in our hearts. Help us to effectively pray for our pastor and pray for our missionaries and pray for our evangelists, those men of God, their wives, their families. Help us to effectively pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor.